0: to 8 PM. Sport on with Tabi
1: Thank you. That is me. A very good evening. Welcome to the show. Lyolom Kalipi is the producer, and Zelma Tribi is in technical with us tonight this uh, evening it is tuesday so as we always do on a tuesday we talk careers in sport and tonight we are going to find out how to become a soccer referee uh, for all those wanting to become a referees we've got a former referee um in studio with us who is now uh, leading the charge as far as suffer is concerned mr arisol Soldatos, who will tell us how to become a referee what courses you take where should you start a refereeing and 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 all of that so if you have any questions and any information that you want to find out about how to become a soccer referee Please join the conversation on 891 SMS 40938, WhatsApp 614 uh, and hashtag SAFM spot on on social media. And we'll also use the opportunity with Mr. Arisol Dattos just to find out about the state of a refereeing in South African football. What does it make? Are we in a good space as far as the referees is concerned? And the big question that's always being asked is when are our referees going a professional? And we have to get his thoughts on the VAR also it came uh, so much controversy it happened again last night lots of people having different views on VAR after every single game depending on which side of the fence you are on mostly so we'll we'll get his views on that and, and then we'll also speak to advocate Tulima Donzela. yeah on a sports show she's weighed in on the Ashwin Willemsen Supersport saga saying that Supersport went about it the wrong way during their investigation and this is on the back of a report in the Sunday Times this past Sunday that four more black presenters have lodged grievances with Supersport. They are accusing the pay channel of discrimination, alleged intimidation and victimization and the lack of pay parity with white colleagues being paid more than the black contractors who are expected to do more work and they also reveal in their letter that particular roles as analysts are, rever- are reserved for non-white pundits. So we um, will speak to our Professor uh, Tulip Madonsela rather to find out what she means by saying that Supersport went about this initial investigation the wrong way. Last night, Supersport did uh, release a statement. They announced that they have resolved all main concerns raised in the latest letter sent to management. And this letter was sent in May, just after the Eshwin-Williams saga. And once again, they are saying there is no racism. And in a social media post uh, that sparked fierce debate uh, during the week, uh, Professor Matt Donzella tweeted that I said from the outset that the approach chosen by Supersport was destined to fail as a law and rights approach was never the issue while affirming and managing diversity was. We did reach out to Supersport again and they've told us that they do not do radio interviews. I'm not sure what that, that 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 means um, but they don't they don't speak on radio maybe they, they speak to other people but on radio they said that they don't speak so we did give them a right to re- of reply and to try and understand uh their side of the story but first up let's go to the 2018 fifa world cup in russia group c has now been decided and watching the action for us is our man mo ali uh, who will tell us what the latest was mo uh, good evening what happened in uh, group c
2: well, good afternoon, uh, good evening, uh, Taviso. Yes, uh, one of the most boring games we've seen at this World Cup, the first goalless draw in uh, 38 games. It took all of 38 games to get to a goalless draw, but not surprising because, uh, remember, France uh, were already through and Denmark just needed a draw. And uh, you could hear the boos and the whistles among the fans because uh, that's certainly what not what they paid for to come and see. But uh, be that as it may, uh, it ended goalless and very, very little goalmouth action. Probably most of the goalmouth action coming after. Kylian Mbappe had come on as a substitute in the 78th minute, and Nabil Fakir in the 60th minute. But uh, the fact that uh, Didier Deschamps had made six changes to his starting lineup already showed that uh, you know he was going to give his fringe players a run. And a very interesting starting lineup, containing no fewer than six players with African connections in that starting lineup, and uh, Denmark two players with African connections as well uh, but uh, in the other game uh, much more interesting Peru finishing the tournament with a victory a 2-0 win over Australia who needed to win uh, to have any outside chance of uh, going through to the next round uh, Andre Carrillo and uh, Paulo Guerrero man who was banned before the tournament remember and uh, got uh, back in after representations to FIFA drug ban that he uh, was uh, slapped with mm-hmm. but uh, they won by uh, two goals to nil. so it is uh, Denmark and uh, France who go through France, go through as uh, group winners, and uh, they will now play the runners up uh, in Group D, which is could possibly be Nigeria. And uh, it, Denmark will play the uh, winners of uh, Group D, which again could be Nigeria or Croatia.
1: Talking about Nigeria, they're in action tonight against Argentina and Croatia, play Iceland, they threw already Croatia. What can we expect this evening?
2: I think we can expect uh, a pumped-up performance from the Argentinians. I don't think Nigeria should be too comfortable. There, there have been problems in the Argentinian camp. There's been talk of fisty cuffs. Uh, apparently, Javier Macerano was sporting a black eye, and talk about the players uh, taking over the management and the selection of the team. Yep. And uh, you know, they had a press conference uh, in which they tried to deny all of this. Uh, so things aren't going too well. And in fact, Diego Maradona had requested a meeting with the team management as well to express his unhappiness. They had a moment of silence, if you remember when the, after they lost uh, to Croatia in the Argentinian TV studio back in Argentina and so things not going well but you know you you just got to think that uh, they've got the likes Angel De Maria starts this evening uh, Gonzalo Higuaín also is back in the starting lineup uh, Marcos Rojo is back in the starting lineup so uh, it's not going to be easy Nigeria have never beaten Argentina at the World Cup before although they did beat Argentina 4-3 in a friendly in Russia last November although it was a messiless Argentina but Nigeria certainly not without hope and uh, if they can feed uh, uh, Ahmed Musa and Nkululeko Ianacho down the flanks, and if they can play with pace, I think you know that that's going to expose the Argentinians uh, like like they played the other night against Argentina. Use the pace of, of Musa and Nacho and uh, you know with Ndidi and uh, Obi Mikel uh, controlling matters in midfield. I think Nigeria do have a chance, and remember they only need a draw.
1: Okay, great stuff. Mo Ali will catch up again with you uh, tomorrow. That's our man watching the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia for us. And remember, SABC is the official broadcaster of the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia. You can catch 44 matches live on SABC 1 and on SABC radio stations from the 14th of June to the 15th of July. SABC is bringing Russia to Mzansi. Hashtag Kuzovalit.
0: Join our Bernina family in celebrating 125 years of Swiss precision and technological achievements. Experience our range of sewing, overlocking, quilting, and embroidery machines enhanced by our expert technical support and guidance in product use to unlock your creativity. Visit your local dealer in our nationwide network to
1: share in our promotional activities or visit Bernina.co.za Bernina. Made to create. And are you up for a challenge? What about one where you always win? Sounds too good to be true? Well, here's an amazing win-win challenge from OutSurance. They are challenging you to save money on your car insurance. One quick call, and if they can't save you money, ask for your 400 or 800 rand if you haven't had a car insurance claim in the past three years. Simply SMS out to 40253 or phone 86 It really is a win-win situation. Make 2018 your year to switch and save Save. Assurance is an authorized FSP. T's and C's and standard rates apply.
0: For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso musia weekdays at 7 p.m.
1: Thank you. And let's now speak to to Professor Tulima Donzela. I did mention uh, earlier on that she tweeted as she weighed in on the Ashwin Willemser saga and she tweeted that I said from the outset that the approach chosen by Supersport TV was destined to fail as a law and rights approach was never the issue while affirming and managing diversity was. And there have been so many different views here and we thought let's just understand what uh, Professor Tulima Donzela is trying to tell us here and let's educate ourselves. And she joins us on the line now, Professor. Good evening and Thank you very much for speaking to us on our sports show on SAFM. Good
3: evening, Kavisa, and thank you for the privilege to talk to you and to the listeners. Good evening to the listeners.
1: Thank you, Professor. I'll start with your tweet. Uh, Please educate us here. Why do you believe the approach uh, taken by Supersport was destined to fail? And that's in the Ashwin-Williams Saga, the first investigation, obviously. Well,
3: I I thought it was destined to fail the moment they abandoned mediation, and they called in lawyers to come in. I think lawyers are like medical practitioners. You get medical practitioners that deal with heart conditions, that deal with um, uh, cancer and different things. And if you get a wrong medical practitioner for a wrong condition, of course the answers are going to be distorted as well. I thought they brought a out team for an issue where somebody basically had already indicated that he felt he had been a recipient of racism. And for me it wasn't whether he there really was racism or not, but the truth was he felt there was a, a racism in the way he was treated. And a diversity awareness expert would have assisted in looking at problems of uh, subliminal racism or unintended racism or unconscious racism or what we call unarticulated assumptions and, um, and could have helped the company to heal rather than to try and hide things because I, I note, for example, that now with the last report, they went to the other employees and they yes. say they fixed it again. There was no racism. But the allegations
1: were saying that there was racism. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I think you're mentioning the former presenters who've come out to complain about similar issues and SuperSport. Exactly. Yeah, Many people say, are saying that they're covering the the cracks. Say, Do you agree? Or do you understand where the people are coming from, rather?
0: I
3: understand where... Well, I think I have a sense of where everyone is coming from. I think from super sports and multi choice they are struggling with brand management but I think they're going it the wrong way. Because they're worried that their brand is damaged if there is any confirmation that they might have been either racism or perceived racism and so they want to say there's no racism. The reality is we live in a world that has been contaminated with the hierarchization of difference in terms of race, in terms of gender, disability, et cetera. So there will always be remnants of racism. And perhaps it's not always about finding the culprit and trying to punish them. It's really trying to look at in what way are people... Um, passing each other as they try to communicate, is race or racial perceptions a problem? And and how do you get an expert to help them to work through that and and find a way to embrace each other's humanity? Mm
1: -hmm. Professor, you speak about a law and rights approach compared to affirming and managing diversity. Uh, Just please explain to us the managing diversity part, what exactly you mean by that.
3: Well, the law and rights approach would say what law was uh, violated, whose right was violated. So the, I think the, the instinct in South Africa is always to find out who's racist, who has been victimized by racism, and how do we punish the racist. And obviously, uh, people then are going to try and find a reason not to punish someone, because you're trying to find a culprit in order to punish them whereas that could be your law and rights approach. And then a managing diversity approach would say, in what way is the environment uh, not affirming? Because the workplace is where people spend most of their time during the day. And if intentionally or unintentionally, if one person's communication makes another person feel they are being treated as less than, they're being put down on the grounds of race, that's going to impact on them psychologically, that's going to impact on their performance, and that's just going to contaminate the workplace. And a diversity awareness expert would, would slice through that and make everyone aware of the unintended racial, gender, and disability discrimination consequences of things they do or say.
1: Mm. so Pro- Professor Tulima Donsela from your view was Eshun Valamsa correct in not appearing before uh, this law and rights approach uh, before this investigation do you understand where he's coming from
3: no I I don't I, I, I I'm not his lawyer in in, in, in this case um, for me I would have gone through the process and and, and made my case through the process mm. uh, because I can't prescribe for the company. From where I'm sitting, I'm just saying if the company wants to create an environment where people will feel happy, where they'll feel affirmed, where they will feel um, um, at peace with each other across color and and, and other forms of diversity, you can't fit things under the carpet. You'll have to look at, even if there isn't racism, you have to consider whether there's perceived racism because even if there's perceived racism, it makes people angry, it makes people sad, it makes people perform less than optimally.
1: Mm. So should he have gone through this process to give his side of the story?
3: It's it's a question of a legal strategy. I, mm. I, I don't want to prescribe and say uh, he should have gone through I think his lawyers had reasons why they felt this platform was not the right one um, I do think though that this platform was bound to fail and yeah. it seems it has failed yeah. and I suspect even if he had gone through it it probably would still have failed
1: oh, now it's going to the Equality Court if we've been as advocate Maleka has has suggested will this be the right platform to address this matter
3: Well, the Equality Court is something that uh, a colleague and I invented, Susan, Masup and I invented. It, 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 if, again, it goes to the Equality Court for mediation initially, it, it, the answer might be found. And if the Equality Court people have been trained properly about uh, understanding um, unconscious racism and things like that, they would be, uh, they would be able to to go through it, but for me, it's not always about finding somebody wrong. Yes. Because there are people who are consciously racist, consciously sexist, and consciously bigoted against LGBTI and disabled people, but the rest of us are bigoted unconsciously. You might do something to somebody um, uh, with disabilities or say something not because you intend to discriminate. So an expert who's looking at negotiations or conciliation and mediation might be able to look at unintended consequences of something that was not intended to be racist
1: and finally as we wrap up Professor Tulima Tonsela are you surprised that the country is seeing this situation from two different views even now I'm still getting sms's the majority which is black is with Ashwin while the others are looking at the same situation and they're calling him a crybaby what does this tell us?
3: well it tells us that we're getting it wrong on racism there are those who are denying it and there are those who are saying hang them And we need a middle ground. We we have to accept that we are a country that was poisoned by racism, sexism, and various other forms of discrimination. And we couldn't have magically changed our minds about those. We need to consciously keep cleaning up our workplaces. For judges, for example, uh, there's Judge Marshall. She's a former South African and former Chief Justice of Massachusetts in, in, in America. She's written a lot about hidden biases. The average person has hidden biases. And the moment you deny that you're biased, so that's when you're going to be biased. I think you've got to be conscious every time you say something to someone and say, would I say this to a person who's different? I mean, let's take what uh, was said to Ashwin Bilemson. Yes. Uh, it, it was said he can't perform. for he He's a lousy um, well, he allegedly, or let me say it, he, his colleagues allegedly say he's a lousy... Uh, analyst, he is. Analyst. I mean, for me, I would have said, have members of the public said that? Because sometimes we say we're praising merit when we're simply praising that which we like about ourselves when we see it in others. And that's for me the casks of discrimination because i'm a woman certain traits um uh, i affirm in others and i call them merit because they remind me of what is good about myself mm. so that's unconscious bias because when somebody doesn't have those traits we might then say they don't have merit they're not excellent because we can't see excellence when it's packaged differently from the way we, ourselves, exhibit it.
1: And finally, Professor Tullema Tuncelo, where does this leave the company SuperSport? Do they need to have a good look at themselves after what's what's come out, or do they just take the Ab- report and close it?
3: Absolutely. They should bring in... There's lots of diversity awareness experts in the country. Most of them are psychologists. They should bring in a diversity management expert and put everyone through that program create f and in the early years of our democracy, mm-hmm. FNB had these dialogues in the workplace where they brought people together to uh, to talk about uh, uh, diversity, awareness, to talk about how I feel, uh, uh, what offends me, because culturally different, what offends me, what doesn't offend We did the same thing in the Department of Justice. I would say they definitely need to do that, because trust me, this is not over. And the problem with these things is that they affect the mental wellness of people. People mm-hmm. are going to go underground, but they are seething, And mm-hmm. it will reflect itself in mel- mental illnesses, anger, and it might even affect people's families where people take it out on other people.
1: Mm. Well, Professor Tulima Matoncel, I don't know how many times you've been on a sports show, but thank you very much for joining us here on SAFM. And uh, it helped that you weighed in on this matter because now we've got a, a better understanding and we really appreciate your insight. Thank you for
3: the privilege. I really appreciate it
1: thank you very much the professor tulima tonsela just giving us her views there's been so much that's been said and we thought let's get let, let's get a, a respectable voice because i'm no expert Loyola is no expert we can say whatever we want but i think if professor tulima tonsela says it then it should mean uh, something we know the good work that she's done in the past and that's why we just thought we should bring her on on our sports show and just to get her understanding and and, and understand what her tweet was 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 about and i think that's what she did uh, tonight up next we're going to talk careers in sports. We're going to find out how do you become a referee, a soccer referee. That is, we've done rugby before, and also we'll talk about the state of refereeing in South African football.
0: 2018
1: National Youth
0: Month on SAFM. Living the legacy of former President Nelson Mandela, Mama Albertina Sisulu, and many other heroes of the June 16th generation. I know for a fact that there were more than 300 people who were dead. Uh, I could not believe it. We blacks in South Africa do not have arms. The only thing we can hit the system with is just to cripple the economy of the country. But in the very near future, we will be
1: what we want to be. All the UK newspapers were carrying that picture of Hector Peterson. Then after that, the police from John Foster phoned me that I must come and have an interview with them. Then when he phoned to, to the World News, he wanted to speak to Sam Zima. He said, drink?" I told PC, I have sent an invitation from the station commander from John Foster Square. Then Pacey said, don't go there. If you go there, you're going to come back being a corpse.
0: SAFM, commemorating the June 16 Soweto uprisings. Tabiso Musiya on SAFM.
1: Th- th- thank you. That is me. Uh, we're having a, a cu- we having do have a couple of SMSs before we talk refereeing, and Leicester in Whitfield, M. Tata says, come on, Eshun was invited to mediation and declined. He was the complainant after all, and that's why I asked uh, uh, Professor Tullima whether he was right not to, uh, to attend this investigation. I did ask his lawyer also, and when we spoke to him last week, and he did give their reasons of why uh, they did not attend because Supersport had come out two days after the incident to say that there was no racism, and therefore they felt that... Um, they were already uh that they, they felt that supersport already made up their mind so what was the point of them appearing before this investigation whether right or wrong but that's what they said and then then dr phil Mahuma in midstream says good evening wise words from professor tulima well conducted interview thank you that dr phil Mahoma in midstream let's talk referees now and we do have um with us in studio uh, mr ari soldatus who is the suffer's head of referees appointments well head of referees appointments for the PSL and the NSL. Mr. Ari, a former referee himself also. Good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM.
4: Good evening, Tobiso.
1: Good evening to your listeners as well. It's always good to be with you. Thank you. I've got to ask you firstly, I mean, how's the refereeing community keeping up following that untimely death of Mr. Ian McLeod? Well, the world loved Mr. Ian McLeod. It came as a shock to many of us.
4: Yes, it did. That was a huge shock for all of us. Um, of course, what happened in the aftermath of Ian's passing is... We mourned, and we mourned a serious, serious leader, a great referee, a real, real icon in football and refereeing generally. But we regrouped and we realized, and certainly myself, Ian, having been a personal friend of mine and having officiated with me at the World Cup in 1998, we realized and we regrouped and we said, guys, if Ian was around, he'd say, you know what, life goes on make refereeing work, make refereeing in South African work, and put South African referees on the international map. And that's hopefully what we are striving towards, Tabiso.
1: And and just, just, just for the benefit of those who may not be aware, at the time of his passing, Mr Soldatos, what was his role? Ian, at that point in time, was a match commissioner. He
4: was one of our leading match commissioners. He commissioned in the National Soccer League, the PSL and the National First Division. And he was also the chair of our technical committee within the structures of the refereeing at SAFA.
1: Now let's talk about this refereeing. And we also use this slot on a Tuesday to educate people about the different careers within sport because everybody wants to be behind the mic. I get emails every single day. I'm sure Helen, our executive producer, also gets emails every day, people wanting to be presenters. But there's so much more that can be done. And I want us Mm. to talk about referees tonight. Firstly, do you need more referees in South Africa? Do you have enough?
4: We always need more referees to be so. First of all, refereeing at the end of the day is something which you want to do because you believe that you can contribute significantly to the betterment and the enjoyment of football. You want to become a servant to the game and you can never have enough referees because when you have a look, and let's just take the World Cup, which is very topical at the moment when you have a look at the actual interest in the World Cup, the World Cup is just one tournament which is held every four years. Can you just take a step back and imagine how many games are being played internationally every single day of the year and each one of those games ultimately needs a referee. Mm. You can never have enough referees and certainly you can never have enough quality referees. So yes, Does the football fraternity need you guys as a referee? Absolutely, we do.
1: Now, how does one go about becoming a referee then? What's the process?
4: It's an interesting process because people think that it's something which you can just simply subscribe to. And within a couple of months, perhaps years, you might get into the elite structures. You might become a FIFA accredited or FIFA recognized referee. It's not like that at all. It is quite a cumbersome process, and like anything, to get to the top takes a considerable measure of hard work and commitment, personal commitment, family commitments, and the like. Basically, what happens is we have various stages of referees, ranging from the lowest group of referees who essentially would be assigned games within their respective regions, junior football, school football, and the like, And then through a steady progression path, through the writing of theoretical exams, through practical assessments which are undertaken in the regions and the like, and we have a very comprehensive regional system in SAFA that look after referees, that set exams, that go out and assess referees and understand and acknowledge their performance. Ultimately, what happens is the individuals will then be assigned more senior roles in more significant and high-risk matches, hopefully one day then being put onto what we call the elite panel of referees, which is those who are then appointed to assign, to undertake matches under the auspices of the National Soccer League, the PSL and the South African National First Division. So basically what happens is an individual who wishes to become a referee would go into the SAFA website, Mm -hmm. see in which particular region that individual, and when I say individual, I mean male and female. We want female referees. We cannot do enough to promote female referees. It's a very important criterion for us. Mm -hmm. From a FIFA perspective, particularly from a South African perspective, addressing the issue of inequality, which your previous caller, Advocate Madonsela, referred to and the like from a different perspective, we need to promote female referees. And ultimately what happens is you subscribe, you become a member of your local SAFA region. You communicate with them. They would then tell you when it is that they're undertaking courses, theoretical courses for referees. You enroll on those courses. At the conclusion of the courses, there will be an exam which is set by our examinations panel at the highest level. The convener for the exams is a gentleman called Mark Linden, who was a great referee in his time as well. And basically what happens is from there, you go through the various stages and progressively sit more senior examinations where ultimately you are eligible from a theoretical and hopefully from a practical perspective of officiating at, of officiating at the highest level in South African football.
1: So you don't just take a bus and rock up at SAFA headquarters in Johannesburg and say, no. I want to be a referee, where are the courses? You can actually go to your yes. LFA.
4: Uh, that's exactly it. And you use the right terminology, the LFA. That is how we refer to it in SAFA. Mm. The local football association, they will tell you exactly how it is. And it's absolutely imperative. There is no such thing as automatic membership of an individual of SAFA at national level. Everybody goes through a particular region, everybody becomes a member of a region, and it's that region which ultimately nominates you to become. A higher, let's say, a higher performing referee on the national stage, and ultimately, we hope on the international stage Tabiso. and And these assessments and these courses, do they happen annually? no 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 they happen far more frequently than annually Mm. yes they happen sometimes on a quarterly basis sometimes every four months or so they happen fairly regularly because refereeing is an ongoing process if you're just going to have exams once a year people will ultimately lose interest they'll say i've just missed this one so next year Mm. and you know what happens from that point of view so, obviously, it's up to the regions themselves to be aggressive in their approach to ensure that they attract referees from their respective centers and to make sure that those referees are appropriately trained theoretically and practically so that we
1: could ultimately use them in the national structures. And at what age do you start taking them, uh, Arisul Dutters? At what age can someone start showing interest in becoming a referee?
4: At any age, virtually. Ah. Oh. As At junior level, you can start officiating at 9, 10, 11 years old. I've had occasion to see a referee of 10 years old, 11 years old. And of course, as you would have seen, referees are increasingly becoming younger on the world stage. You look at them. They're a lot younger than they were. If you have a yes. look, I was looking at some snippets from the 1958 World Cup. These guys looked ancient. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure everybody says the same about me when I was refereeing in 1998. That was to say? <laughs> <laughs> and when you look at them today, they actually look like young men, and many of them are because the cutoff age is 45. That's it. FIFA just oh. cuts you off at that stage and says, that's it. Now, of course, that has created its own controversy because, for example, and I know this from the United Kingdom, from the English premiership, one of the referees there hit the age of 47 and they said, well, that's it. You're no longer of any use to us because you've gone beyond the so-called customary retirement age and he took them on to the court of arbitration for sport from that perspective and there was a whole issue about discrimination because if i can run at 50 as effectively as anybody can run at let's say 25 yeah. why should this be discriminatory against me so that too has its own legal repercussions but fifa are fairly steadfast in the approach from that point of view that once you've hit a particular age i.e 45 mm they're not going to consider you to be eligible for FIFA appointments any further.
1: Well, having said that, I know that there's a young man, um, Fezile. Uh, what are they? They call him Matala in Soweto. That's what I know. Fezile yes. Sope. Yes. yes, he refereed MDC the other time. I think it was Chiefs and Vets in at attacks. And he gave Brilliant uh, Kuzo yeah. a yellow card. I couldn't believe it. That's it. it. <laughs> <laughs> he told Brilliant kuzai to stop talking back to him when he was 16 or 15. That's at, it. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> now, you can see that
4: young man would go far because it shows you've got grit, you've got determination, you've got courage. And he has brilliant Kuzwayo, an icon in so many of our followers' eyes. And here you see this young man saying, you know what? You may be this icon, but I'm ultimately in charge of this game. So, and that is how rewarding and satisfying football can actually be. It has a level almost of humbling you. It brings mm. you into a particular perspective that the game is bigger than the individual.
1: There's also um, Akona Makalima, a yes. referee, also the female referee. She says they don't know whether to call him Mr. Ref or Mrs. <laughs> Ref. Um, are you happy with the progress? Yeah, of, of absolutely. Akona?
4: Akona is a superb referee, a wonderful official, a wonderful woman, a good person. Absolutely focused and dedicated to her profession. She's done us proud. She will go far. She's still young. And really, and this is what I mean. I'm really pleading with your listeners, and particularly your female listeners out there, Tabiso, go out there. You love football. We know you love football. We don't only want to see you sitting in the stands having a good time. We want to actually see you on the park participating and meaningfully participating at that in the game because so many of you can
1: actually get out there and make a go of this and just for clarity's sake before we go to a quick break when when this course has happened it it teaches you everything how to run the line how to be an assistant and how to be the referee and how to be the fourth match official and all of that
4: yes now this is something which is quite interesting and i'm glad that you touch on this because up until 1990 FIFA did not differentiate between specialist assistants and middle referees, center Mm -hmm. referees, as they call them. Everybody was a referee. And so in Italia 1990, there was a perception which seemingly arose that football was becoming so technically sophisticated and technologically advanced, and the assistant referees or the linesmen, as they were called in Mm -hmm. those days, were tasked with giving decisions on very controversial aspects. Ball over line, offsides. Those are probably two of the most controversial aspects of refereeing or whether an infringement happened in or outside Mm -hmm. the penalty area those are such controversial assessments which are oh sorry controversial assessments of yes. football which ultimately at the end of the day they believed needed to be undertaken by specialists so when we concentrate on assistant referees now in the aftermath of italia 1990 what we find is that we focus in particular on training of assistant referees, different fitness tests, different mindsets, how you watch your offsides, how you keep in line with that second last defender, how you assess whether a particular player is interfering with play or not. And that's an entirely different criterion mm. from the fitness and the application of the laws of the game for the center referee, so to speak. And honestly, I can tell you, I've been being there so many times myself, being an assistant is a very, very difficult job. Not only are you in close proximity to the crowd, and you hear exactly what it is that's going on behind (laughs) you, make no mistake, but in addition to that, you are called upon intermittently to make fundamental decisions which could ultimately affect the outcome of the game. So, yes, training is provided from an assistance perspective, from a fourth official perspective, and ultimately from a centre referee perspective as well.
1: Okay, for those who've just joined us, we are talking to Mr. Ari Soldatos, head of referees appointments in the PSL and NSL, and we're trying to find out how does one become a referee. If you have any questions, do join us on zero eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. Our SMS line is four zero nine three eight. Our WhatsApp number 0614104107, and it's hashtag SAFM Sport. On after this break, we'll talk about the state of refereeing in the country.
2: Imagine a life where
4: every need is met, a life where you are in control, where knowing what decision to make is a fact and not a risk. Mancosa graduates don't just dream, they make it happen. Mancosa, Southern Africa's leading distance education institution. Final registration now open. For more information, visit www.mancosa.co.za or SMS Mancosa and your email address to 34745. Mancosa, dream it, we'll take you there.
0: Let's have the conversation. 0891 104207.
1: Talking all things the refereeing, especially um how to become a referee and let's find out now about the state of refereeing in South Africa. We've been doing that uh, since last week just finding out a few aspects of what's happening in South African football. Last night, we had a con- we had confession time talking age cheating. So many people calling us and confessing that they are age cheats. Uh, even after the show, it continues. Unbelievable how rife this age cheating is. We also spoke about academies last week, how academies are run. Are they run properly? Is everybody working towards the same goal? Let's find out about the state of refereeing in the game, Mr. Ari Soldatus. On a scale of 10, how do you rate the standard of refereeing in South African football?
4: At this point in time, I would put it at about a between a 6.5 and a 7. And my answer in that regard has been fairly measured to be so from a couple of perspectives. Firstly, I think we have some great referees, Mm. really. They're acknowledged as, as that by FIFA, they're acknowledged by CAF, they're afforded assignments at the highest level imaginable by FIFA and CAF. We've got Zakele Siwela at the World Cup right now as we speak. Granted, there was a measure of disappointment that we didn't have a centre referee there as well Mm -hmm. and that we only had one incumbent coming from South Africa. But the fact that he is there already speaks mounds about. He's the sixth South African official to participate at the World Cup since our re-admission to FIFA in 1993, 92 I think it was. Mm. Um, so we do have some great referees. Mm. Where I have detected a little bit of a lapse is that in certain circumstances, the referees do not keep their fitness levels up at adequate standards. Mm. And this is something which we should touch on, seeing that we are dealing with the topic of becoming a referee yes. and what it is to actually get to the top from that point of view. It's not only a question of being a good referee technically. It's a matter at the end of the day of being able to manage situations of conflict, almost being a mediator, so to speak. But most importantly, you've got to keep your fitness levels in check and you've got to be able to be psychologically astute insofar as you're handling of a football match is concerned. Mm. Generally speaking, the referees have done well insofar as the psychological muster is concerned. Generally speaking, they've done well insofar as the technical aspects, bar some areas which we've spoken about before.
0: Mm.
4: But where I've noticed a considerable decline in certain of our officials, and unfortunately an inordinately extraordinary number of them, is that over a period they let their fitness levels wane and that is not good enough. We from a SAFA perspective want to make sure that all of our referees at all times maintain optimal fitness levels. So what we do is we arrange fitness tests for them to be conducted Mm -hmm. fairly frequently and what we find is that many of our officials over a particular point in time do not pass consecutive fitness tests. So what you would find is that pass, let's say at our mid-season seminar, which is held in the the beginning of January or so. And then when the next one is undertaken in March, that same referee that did so well has failed. And I've noticed this over a particular period of time. And usually it is the same old, for want of a better word, culprits. So, Referring from a point of view of approach means that you're committed, that you maintain your fitness levels, that you ensure at the end of the day that psychologically you're in sync. And of course, like players, we do go through dips in form. Absolutely we do. But then it's a question of. Being open and honest and coming to somebody like myself that appoints the referees or an assessor that's indicated to you oh, you're on a bit of a decline at the moment and then giving them less significant games to do. But overall, I must tell you, the reason I say between 6.5 and 7 is that there's considerable measure for improvement but particularly from a fitness perspective, we need to work more as individuals
1: mm.
4: on our fitness levels. There's only so much that SAFA can do insofar as that is concerned. And as far as the general state is concerned, I can quite comfortably say that our referees are certainly amongst the best on the
1: African continent. Okay, they just need to stop beating the pies. That's all. <laughs> that will be fine. <laughs> Let's go to Jack on the, uh, the road. Uh, Jack, you've got a question for Mr. Ari Soldatus. Good evening. Thank you for j- calling us. Okay, no, we're going to try, try and get you on a better line. Uh, Loyola, you'll, oh, you can just ask him, Liolo, what he wants to say, and I'll ask Mr. Ari uh, Soldatus. Now, you gave it a 6 to 7.5. Does this include the lower leagues? Because every season we hear some horror stories of corruption or referees being attacked and in the lower leagues of South African football. Does that rating include that?
4: No. I've been talking particularly at the upper echelons, to, uh, Tabiso, particularly mm. with regard to the National First Division and the Premier Soccer League. Mm.
1: How's the situation I've, further down?
4: It's not particularly good from what I've heard mm. and from what I understand um, we have from a SAFA perspective, been working at trying to get to exactly the points which you raise, what is causing this particular issue? Is the corruption there as rough as people work out to be make out to be? You know, um, from that point of view, I think if you were to get our compliance manager from Safa Mlu to come along and talk about those things, mm-hmm. it would help quite considerably. From a refereeing perspective You know, the guys go out there, and I must say, they ply their trade. They do what they do, and from the exposure I've had to the lower leagues, so to speak, and the games that I've seen from that particular point of view, the guys have done fairly well. But I do know that there have been problems reported. I understand that there are problems. I've heard about these problems being encountered, and that certainly does need to be addressed. You know, if there is corruption, and I'm certain that there is to a greater or lesser extent, make no mistake, we need to weed out the corruptors and the corruptees. It always Mm. takes two to tango. And inevitably, there's fingers which are being pointed at referees first and foremost. But what about the officials? What about the clubs? What about the individuals that actually feed them that particular ability to do this? These are the issues which we need to weed out. This is SAFM Sport with Tabiso Musia.
1: Thank you and as I said, Mr. Robert Mukholla joins us on the line, former Winners Park owner, uh, Mr. Mukholla. Good evening and thank you for joining us on SAFM. Good evening,
5: sir.
1: I understand that you were so disillusioned and frustrated by the refereeing in the lower leagues that you sold your ABC Mutsepe League status. What happened? Is it that bad?
5: Let me be honest. Um, I don't really think that I sold the team as a result of a bad refereeing. Well, there are certain things within Zava that made me to sell the team. But it was not um, bad refereeing per se. Mm. Although, to be honest, um in the, like, let me tell you, my team was in the ABC Museo League uh, in 2016. Uh, I sold the team after, you know, having experienced some bad things, um, you, you know, with, with regard to the way my team was actually treated. We were at number one, and we ultimately lost uh, that sport uh, in a dubious manner. But it was not uh, something to do with the referee mm. It was something to do with, uh, let me see, the internal mechanisms within self And what are those... In as far as as, uh, refereeing is concerned, let me say, I've been in Soka for a very long time. At some stage, my team was in the NFD. I would say uh, the standard of refereeing as Mr. Soldato has been alluding to uh, has actually improved. Mm. Uh, In the uh, the first division and the PSL, it's quite good now. Uh, And in the paper and the lower lakes, it was very, very bad, uh, say, around 2012, 20, 2018, 20, that way. Yeah. But it improved gradually, uh, even though there are certain things that are still problematic. You can't fix everything at once. But uh, I can tell you that uh, things have improved a bit, even though, uh, I would say, they, they, they were those problems uh, in the past, but they improved slightly.
1: Mm. And have you reported some of these problems? And, and what's the response that you get or that you received at the time?
5: Um, you know, to be honest, that's why I'm saying the problem, in my view, emanates from the offices of SAFA. Mm. Uh, sometimes you will write to them, complain to them, and it will be difficult for them to respond or to to revert you and ultimately you'll find that um, you are not being
1: helped well, Mr. Mokhola, I think we're going to uh, talk to you again. I think there's more that we can find out and understand uh, from your situation and uh, your experience as an owner in the lower league structures of South African football. Mr. Arisol Datas, we managed to get that comment from the caller that we couldn't speak to on the line, um, who was Jack. He wanted to know, are players taught the same rules uh, as as the referees? If so, why are they always fighting?
4: Yes, that's a very good point which Jack raises. <coughs> I beg your pardon something which I've been a proponent of and something which Ian had been working on prior to his unfortunate passing was trying to get some type of imbeza, almost a get together between the referees and the coaches so that we talk off the same page, so to speak, so that they understand the laws, that they understand how the laws are being interpreted and they understand how the laws are being applied. You know, The most important thing that we see over here is referees are going out there on a daily basis and they're trying to apply the laws as they believe they should be applied in the context of the interpretation as they see it at the time. Players want to go out there and win the game. And, you know, as much as FIFA has for some time now espoused this philosophy of fair play, Mm. we do see that players will inevitably take a chance. And I guess that's just human nature. But certainly I believe that the coaching fraternity and the refereeing fraternity could be brought much closer together if between SAF and the PSL there was this stratagem to bring the two, get them together, interact with one another, get to get them to know one another. Yeah, and this is the complaint that I have fairly frequently from a couple of coaches as well, Tabiso. Mm. Um let me use somebody like, just to mention names, Roger Dessart yeah. and Gavin Hunt, who are currently coaches, as we know. I refereed them in my day. And, you know, a lot of them will turn around, guys like Roger and Gavin would turn around and say, gee whiz, I remember when you refereed us, you used to speak to us. Be careful, the yellow oh. card's coming out, the red card's almost there, you're an orange, be careful, you know, that type of thing. These days they say the guys just willy-nilly bandy their cards and whatever else. And not all referees are like that, but certain are. But I really do believe at the end of the day that if we were to interact and talk to one another more, both on and off the park, that would certainly go towards synergizing the communication and the ultimate interpretation of the laws from players and referees, Tabisa.
1: In a minute, because uh, I'm looking at the clock and I'm looking at the Nigeria of game it's starting. And no, I one's going
4: that. To, yeah, no one's going to be <laughs> interested in us once that starts. In a, in, a,
1: in a minute, how far before our referees go professional? Because there's always this issue of them being semi-pro. They have to hold a job during the day and go referee in the evening. How far are we there?
4: That's something which the PSL and SAFA need to actually come together about. As I've mentioned to you previously, it's something which I'm a strong proponent of and I know that various individuals within the context of SAFA and the PSL are because that way I believe not only will our refereeing significantly improve but that ultimately the referees and the assistant referees will be in a position to effectively and meaningfully apply their trade to the betterment of the public. The game will improve. If To answer your question, how far? If I were to just pin something on it hopefully within the next two to three years we could see some development there but as i say, it much depends upon the cooperation and the finances being made available because that is a significant ask from a pecuniary perspective
1: okay and then a quick yes or no session are you a fan of var (laughs) trick question (laughs) there's no maybe here there's no maybe here personally no
4: But it is the way to go, and it is going to happen, and I don't think I have any choice. I really do believe that refereeing margin has always been part of the game. Refereeing error and interpretation has been part of the game, and we survived. You know, it was something which was spoken about in shabins, in coffee shops, (laughs) on the street corners and the like. One thing that I personally wouldn't like is to see football becoming too stereotyped, but technology is the way to go, and there is so much money in the game these days that I believe it's inevitable. But if I personally were to make a choice, I'd say no VAR <laughs> <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't have the hand of God if there was VAR exactly. Ari Think we still speak about it 35 years after the yes. event or whatever it was yes and we
1: love it when the English also speak about it exactly <laughs> but thank you very much Mr. Aris Altatus for to coming so. to studio and giving us some of your time and educating us about how to become a referee uh, that's it thank you Loyola thank you to Zalma thank you to uh, Kulchik you can always uh, email her sport at SFM.co.za for any suggestions Mr. Ashraf Gar is up Next, and the big hitter tashmia Ishmal Saville, CEO of the Youth Employment Service. And there will be regular crossings throughout the show of the big game between Argentina and Nigeria, which is about to kick off right now. It is news time. My name is Tabisomusia.